0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. Bring the Vegas gaming experience to the palm of your hand. Bet your favorite team, try your luck in a casino, or our poker room. The earliest sports lines and the biggest limits online. Lots of deposit options. Bet on live events as they happen. The next play, the next score. Get winnings fast or roll them into a parlay and win even more. Visit Bet Online today and see what millions of customers have experienced for over 20 years.
0: Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48 yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobbed one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15
1: 10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4 yard line. <laughs> holy croc holy.
0: Here's the snap. Pressure coming from the outside, Brady throws it back, hot ball first out of the 50, outside the numbers 40, to the 30 yard line, to the 25, Ed Perriman, Rashad Perriman, touchdown Tampa to Bay, Fox win in overtime. This is the big nasty, yeah, big
1: nasty, all fake Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast.
0: Cannon Fire Podcast,
1: brother, you
0: ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there, the cannons go. and fire them. Keep on firing! Keep on firing!
1: Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mister Evan Wanish of BucksNation.com. It's been a minute. Since we talked to you last time we did a podcast, we were joined by our buddy Gene from Buck What You Heard. Talked about a lot of different things from one of the most exciting Tampa Bay off-seasons of all time. And believe it or not, we are back today with even more news on the subject. We got the latest additions from a wild week around the NFL. And of course, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a couple of re-signings, a couple of new faces we'll talk about. We're also going to take some time to grade out. Some of the moves they've made so far i I guess give a letter grade on on some specific move. Some people feel strongly about some moves that they were very, very good. I feel like Tom Brady coming back has to be an a plus plus out of default. I know an A plus plus isn't necessarily something that we got a whole lot in school, but i I don't know how else to grade that move to be honest with you uh, but Evan, before we dive in everything, how are you doing my man
0: i'm um, uh yeah, I'm doing quite well, and um yeah, there's been. You know, there's a decent amount of news uh, this past week uh, from, from the Bucks. So i um, excited to dive into it. And it's crazy how we are in draft month, right? I mean, it's, we haven't really talked about the draft month much. Our, our draft coverage will be coming here shortly. They'll probably be, probably our next few episodes will probably be focused on the draft, you know, more so and less of free agency. But it's, it's crazy that it's draft month. But so far, right now, I'm ready to, to get rolling and talk about a little bit of more, you know, free agency flurries here by, by the Bucks.
1: Yeah. And as far as the timetable goes for the Buccaneers and their return to the facility, we are actually one week away from the start of their off season training program. So guys can obviously show up. I don't know if I'm expecting a Tom Brady to be there, but April 14th is when guys are able to come back into the building and uh, have an organized workout of sorts, because I think that's, that's almost what that program is, is just kind of, glorified workouts but hey it's players back in the facility and then we look at the timetable of the offseason what's funny as far as free agency and then kind of that that dead period between free agency and the draft is like last year and even the 2020 offseason when the bucks got tom brady the first time it it felt like there was a little bit more of a dead period right Mm. like last year in particular we talk about the initial flurry of signings the excitement of getting everybody back covering that news and then it felt like you know, this time last year, there wasn't a whole lot of news and, and the cycle had slowed down probably a couple of weeks before now. But like you've alluded to, you know, the Bucks have done a good job of not only keeping us on our toes with regular news coming out. And of course, we'll talk about that here in a second. Um, but yeah, it just does feel like there's so much more to talk about this time of year than there usually is. and That's a great feeling, too.
0: Yeah. And I mean, not even just with the Bucs, just this yeah, offseason yeah, in real. general, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it's April seventh, and obviously the Bucks still have some guys unsigned um, that were on the team last year. Most notably, the three guys I think when you're looking at it are Jason Pierre-Paul and Adama and Sue and Rob Gronkowski. Those those are the the three I would say. Um, you know, and, and we'll have to wait and see on, on those guys. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's just um, it's it's been an active period for not just the Bucks, but but honestly, you know, the entire league. So.
1: Oh, yeah, man. Let's uh, really quickly before we get into the news. Shout out to everybody watching us live on YouTube. Edwin Hernandez, the moderator, Willie Beeman, holding it down. Our buddy, Danny. Richard T. Go Bucks. Go Bolts from Germany. And of course, our buddy from Bucks UK, Adam, the other moderator, holding it down. Thank you guys for being here. Anybody else I may have missed, we appreciate your support. So let's get into the news. The latest acquisition for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, former Cowboy Safety Keanu Neal, This guy is a former first-round pick for the Atlanta Falcons. He played in Dallas last year, and what's interesting about his time as a Cowboy is that Dan Quinn came to town, changed around the defense a little bit, and they found a better use for Keanu Neal at linebacker. So he switched from safety to linebacker. Didn't entirely work out too well for him, but I guess a good thing for the Bucs, and we can kind of talk about his fit as maybe a replacement for a guy like Jordan Whitehead, Keanu Neal, man, he's a uh, he's a hitter. And I think that's maybe why they wanted to put him at linebacker a little bit in that defense. But I think this is a, an underrated signing. And I guess we'll throw the letter grade on top of it after we're done talking about it. But Keanu Neal, great value, by the way, coming to Tampa Bay on the contract that he is. But I, I like this signing a lot, man. What are your thoughts, Evan?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it kind of caught me off guard. I um, yeah, wasn't really yeah. expecting them to add a you know um more depth and safety there figured they they would just go into draft with with what they had um but you know maybe this means they don't pick a safety now uh or if they do it's it's much later than anticipated i thought safety might have been one of their first four picks now i'm not so sure Um, i do realize that you know logan ryan and keanu neal both signed one-year deals Which doesn't, and Mike Edwards is also a free agent next year. So, like, it doesn't completely rule out drafting a safety, but I would be pretty surprised, you know, considering the depth that they have there right now, if they spent a first, second, third round pick on a safety at that point. So, um, yeah, I mean, Neil, it's an interesting thing um because he like you said about the the safety linebacker safety thing um when he was healthy in atlanta and playing safety he was one of the better safeties in the nfl um he's only 26 years old right now which is kind of crazy he feels like he's been in the league much longer than that but he's only 26 years old and you know a lot of people could say yeah he can lay the boom right he can um he can really hit and it's, I think he'll play, you know what the role I think the Bucks might envision for him is 2019 when Bruce Arians and, and company first took over, they signed Deion Buchanan. I, I'm viewing Keanu Neal as that type of player, right? In that type of role, um, that like money backer, kind of like a, a you know, a safety, but basically a linebacker, you know, on passing downs to playing coverage and stuff. Um, You know, that's how I'm viewing Keanu Neal, but if he can stay healthy, he can be a a formidable player. Um, And, and really it's a strong value signing as well. Um, They're really finding a lot of value here and it's a pretty good fit. Um, I was kind of surprised and was kind of a little disappointed when, when they, decided when it came out a few days before free agency that they were going to let Andrew Adams hit the open market. Well, you know, to replace him, I think you got two players that are probably better than Andrew Adams. Um, in, in Logan Ryan and Keanu Neal, I know Keanu Neal and Andrew Adams aren't exactly the same player. Like they're completely different players. But, um, you know, at the time I was like, hmm, that's kind of a head scratcher. But now you see that they've added depth at safety. They've let Jordan Whitehead walk and they need to, to give, you know, another option for that run defense, you know, type uh, safety. And I think they found it with both uh, Logan Ryan and Keanu Neal. Logan Ryan's more of your safety slash corner I think Keanu Neal is more your safety slash linebacker. So that's where I think the value in this signing really comes into play.
1: Yeah, and then we talk about the value with the signing. It's a one-year deal for Keanu Neal. The numbers look like this. It is a veteran safety, ben or uh, I'm sorry, a veteran salary benefit deal. So $1.12 million plus a $152,000 bonus, counting to just over a million dollars against the cap for Tampa Bay. Similar situation is Logan Ryan. And then, of course, another guy that we're about to talk about on the other side of the football. But again, man, just y- you got to you got to show some appreciation of what they're doing as far as, you know, cap gymnastics. And it's funny because we look at teams like the Rams and somebody had actually left a comment on one of our videos lately saying that the Bucks are cha- uh, the Bucks are taking the cheap way out. Uh, and I guess, you know, they're going to get left in the dust, which is kind of an interesting observation. But. You know, with teams like the Rams doing what they are, you get led to believe that the cap is a myth. But, like, cap gymnastics are, are still very much a real thing. And I think we have to appreciate what, you know, Greenberg, Jackie Davidson, Jason Light, everybody in the front office that we gush about every single time this this time of year comes around. Like, you, you have to appreciate, I think, what a good job they are doing. Because it's not necessarily that the Bucks are taking the cheap way out, these guys are coming here for less money to play with Tom Brady. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like there's two different ways to look at it. I don't think the cheap way out at all is, is what they're doing here. Especially when you're finding value in guys like yeah. Keanu Neal, who is 26 years old. And we'll, mm-hmm. we'll kind of talk about the letter grade here for a second. Honestly, I, I give this move an A And the only reason it isn't a B plus because I was kind of torn on that is because you look at your options next year at safety. Logan Ryan, he could be back, but Keanu Neal being 26 years old is huge. I mean, if Mike Edwards is wanting more money than the Bucks are ready to give him, it it opens the door a little bit for maybe, you know, some flexibility at the safety position, given what you have in that room already. But like, let me, let me rewind my question here. Let me pose this to you, and then I want to get your letter grade on Keanu Neal at the end of it. But like, are, are the Bucks taking the cheap way out? Is that kind of a weird way of looking at it? Because I, I don't think that's the case here.
0: No, I, I mean, you know, it's all about where you spend your resources. Um, the Bucks are paying big money to an offensive tackle, a center, a, you know, a right guard. I mean, Shaq Mason's making, you know, eight, eight, eight and a half million, but still, that's still good money. They're, they're, you know, I understand the cap hits and everything, but the quarterback, three wide receivers now are making premium money. Um, their defensive line, they have Shaq Barrett. They just signed Vita Vea to a deal, which, yes, this cap hit goes into effect next year, but you have to think about the long term effects of using void years and everything like that. Um, two linebackers, and then the corner who they just paid. And, you know, they have young, cheaper safeties. You know, that's the position that sort of, you know, you have to make sacrifices, right? So I would argue that the books aren't necessarily taking the cheap way out, because I'm sure if you looked at the Rams, there's spots on the Rams that the Rams don't spend a ton of money, right? Like there are spots on the Rams where they're not spending a ton of money. I don't think, I don't know off the top of my head, but I don't think the Rams have spent a ton of money at safety. Um, I don't think the Rams have spent the Rams definitely near, haven't spent nearly as much money on the offensive line as the Bucks have. Um, So I, I think it's, it, it looks like the, the Rams are signing the the big names, right. The, the Bobby Wagner who Bobby Wagner's good. Don't get me wrong, but he's not the same player that he once was. He's a good player, but like this isn't 2017 Bobby Wagner. Like it's not what you're getting. Um and I think people look at that and they, they kind of wonder, well, you know, the Rams are doing all this. Why can't the Bucks? You can. It's just it's a different philosophy. And like I said, you you can only you only have so many resources. The cap's a myth, whatever. The cap's not a myth, but it can be heavily manipulated. No, right? you,
1: say, you said it. You said it. And you meant it. No. The cap's a myth.
0: Not a myth. I, it, tell, tell that, tell that to the Saints, who just had to let Marcus Williams and Teron Armstead walk in the same offseason, and had to let Trey Hendrickson walk last offseason. You, you just you, you can't keep everybody. So, um, well, I, I, it, I
1: also, I also think as far as you know, I, I think as far as free agency goes, the Bucks and the Rams are going to be compared all offseason because one team, well, I guess both teams are looking to retain as many stars as they can. But a lot of Bucs fans look at what the Rams are doing and think we should be in that camp, but it's also two very different situations. Like, in a sense, yeah, the Bucs are kicking the can down the road as far as Tom Brady goes, but a lot of these three-year deals, like, they're setting this team up to succeed beyond Tom Brady. You know, the Rams, I'm not really sure what kind of deal they're giving to Bobby Wagner or all these guys that they're signing this year, but this is a team that is going to have to... I guess, I guess face the consequences of their own actions here within the next two years. And the Bucs, yeah, they're going to have to do that. Like every offseason, you're going to have to probably lose some guys to maybe be not as good at certain positions. But the deals that they're making right now, like it's it's not just an all or nothing thing for 2022. Like it, it, this is a team that's still going to try and be competitive here for the next three to four years at the very least.
0: hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, you know, I'm sure the Rams have that idea too. It's just, it's a more aggressive approach, right? It's the Rams have taken a way more aggressive approach and, you know, look, both teams got their Super Bowls, you know, both teams got Super Bowls. So both teams approaches worked, right? Like it's clear, you know, the the Rams approach of trading away draft picks and getting elite players, um, you know, for those draft picks and paying them, it didn't work out for a little bit, but eventually it did. And then the books of, you know, keeping your players and trying to build up your team until you need that one piece and then getting that one piece that works too. Um, so, you know, it's just, to me, it's, just, it's difference in philosophy. Every team has a different philosophy, every single team. Like it doesn't matter who you are. Every single team has a different philosophy. So, uh, as far as letter grade, I'll give this a B plus, um, just because I'm, I'm not sure how healthy he can stay. That's been the big knock on him his entire career. Uh, that's the reason he didn't stay in Atlanta. And it's just, it didn't really work out for him in Dallas. I understand, like, with the linebacker thing and stuff is a little weird. But, um, you know, I, I'll give it a B plus because it's – there's not much risk. Right. I mean, I, they're not going to ask Keanu. Neal. I saw some people, oh, Winfield and, and Neal will be the starters. And uh, slow down on that, maybe, because I don't know if you should pencil in Keanu Neal as a starting strong safety <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think he'll, he'll contribute, right. He'll he's, contribute. Um, he's probably one of your ways. best
1: as far as like, you know, run support. I think he's probably one of the best options in that safety room. You know, Antoine Winfield isn't too bad either, but it seems like you're going to see a lot of Keanu Neal on maybe blitzing downs or just, uh, you know, run situations like it seems like run support is going to be his bread and butter this year.
0: Yeah, but, um, you know, it's like I said, the upside is there. We mentioned how he's 26. The upside is there. He's a former first round pick. Right. And he was good in Atlanta. Like he's had good seasons in, in the NFL. Uh, we'll see if he gets back to that. Right. It could be him, you know, looking there to prove himself. We'll see how creative Todd Bowles gets with him. You know, I think he's the type of player you get creative with. You can have a little fun with uh, put him in different spots. Dion Buchanan, I was disappointed. Right. I mean, it was you were really disappointed by it because. You know, I think they had this vision for him that he's go- he was going to be able to go into the box and blitz while also cover and play some strong safety, play some linebacker, rush the passer a little bit. And he just wasn't really able to do any of those things great. So hopefully, Keanu Neal is a better version of that. Um, and I, like I said, I think that's a pretty good comparable, not saying the actual player, but the player in the situation. I think that's what the Bucks could, could view Neal as.
1: This next bit of news happened on April Fools. And funny enough, nobody wanted to believe it when we announced that it had happened Um, because (laughs) we didn't do like an official podcast April Fools joke. But uh, Julian Edelman had floated out there that he's going to be signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on April Fools Day. Most people with common sense saw right through it, but a lot of people were upset, maybe emotionally attached to a Julian Edelman, Tom Brady retirement or, uh, you know, reunion. Sorry, that's the word that I'm looking for down here in Tampa Bay. So that was fake news, but a couple hours after that, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers agreed to terms with running back Giova. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Who's the who's the guy they brought back?
0: What? What do do? do you mean uh, Giovanni
1: Bernard? <laughs> yeah,
0: is that who you mean? Okay, Stephen Shay, shout out. Come on the pod, Stephen. Come on the pod, Shay. Come on.
1: The Buccaneers pass. If, catching, if, if you
0: guys, if you guys are watching this and you know who we're talking about, at Stephen Shay on Twitter or Instagram, you should, you
1: should actually, tell you know, tell like him yeah.
0: to come on Can Fire podcast.
1: Yeah, just to get him to do that, and then once he does the Giovanni Bernard thing, we'll kick him off the show. He's actually, he's. I'm pretty sure he's committed to the TB12 method for like the rest of the calendar year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Tom Brady coming back out of retirement, I believe he may have made a bet that if Brady comes back, he'll. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. So. Giovanni Bernard. Uh, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers agreed to terms with running back Gio Bernard on a one-year deal. Uh, This is a guy who had multiple offers but chose to return back to Tampa Bay. And very similar to Keanu Neal, I believe it is a veteran salary benefit deal. Right around a million-dollar cap hit. I don't know if the numbers are the exact same, but uh, just following the theme of the last signing, more great value for Tampa Bay. I'm going to give this move a B it's safe. You know what I mean? It's Gio Bernard. I'm I'm kind of glad to see him come back. Um, I, I don't think he's going to have any bigger of a role this year, but you know, he did have some production every now and again last year, a couple of touchdowns found himself in the end zone, but I, I like Gio. And uh, if we get another year of saying Giovanni Bernard, then I I'm down for that. I
0: think mine's better, but You're um... well,
1: you had more practice. <laughs> I didn't, it, guys, before we hit record, he probably must have done that like eight or nine times, just trying to get all the practice reps in that you can.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have to practice. I mean, come on, um, you're a natural. Practice, performer. Pra- practice makes perfect. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he he did. The Geo is back on the the veteran salary benefit thing. Um, so yeah, yet again, I, I like how you, you describe that safe, right? Yeah. Like it's it's you know what you have. You know, he's nothing more, nothing less. Like, you know what you have with him. Um, You know, you know what you're going to get. Will he play as as much? Who knows? You know what? The wait and see what they do in the draft. But go ahead.
1: Our buddy Lobello in the live chat really quickly. Just want to make sure we pay attention every now and again. Um, We listen to you guys in the live chat. I promise. But here's a good point. This is a question I want to pose. Could Giovanni Bernard see an increased workload with Ronald Jones gone? Because, I mean, you know, balancing Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones was enough of a task as it was. But, I mean, could that open the door for Gio to get in there a little bit? We know that the draft is obviously still coming, and it seems like maybe the Bucks could look at adding another running back, whether it is through free agency or the draft. But do you think Gio being – a little bit more of a tennered guy in this offense at this point could go out there and catch some more passes.
0: Um, I, I don't know. Just because I mean, like Rojo wasn't in on like passing downs anyway. So like, what is Geo going to actually do? Right. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, and before the draft, I understand that, you know, you said a, a pre-draft, right? It's just, it's tough to say. It's, you know, because they go out and they add a, a running back in the second or third round, then no, like, of course not. Um, but I think Gio's role is going to be relatively the same. Like, I really do. I wouldn't expect anything more or anything less. Just like I said um, earlier, I I think he's a solid reliable third down option. Also, you know, I've talked about it a lot. My biggest fear is Leonard Fournette going back to his old ways and not being able to catch the football. If that happens, the Bucs don't have an insurance policy because they know that Bernard is reliable enough to be able to catch the ball. Um, they didn't give Geo as many carries. And I think maybe that's what um, the the chat was alluding to, like maybe like more actual carries for, for Bernard. Um, we'll have to wait and see, but I just, I wouldn't expect it. Um, I, I'm not sure I I'm 50, 50 still. And if they're going to add a running back fairly early in the draft, I, it wouldn't shock me either way. Um, but I do expect one more running back to be added somehow, whether it's a seventh round pick or another free agent, you know, whatever. Um, I, I do expect that. And I mean, also, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn's there and they, they, oh, they see your boy to, sneak, you know, uh, and yeah well he's not going to he's not going to be out if I never nod uh but um he's not going to beat him out like come on but i mean you know if if they want to get Vaughn more carries under center you know then then maybe maybe Bernard Rolle is you know, less or Vaughn proves himself as a pass catcher, you know, uh, but I think the start of the season, especially, I think Bernard droll was going to be very similar to what it was last year. And it worked, you know, you, you would have liked him to play a little bit more. He battled some injuries uh, along the way last season. Um, but, you know, it, it worked and I'm, I'm excited to see him back. It's, it's, it's cool to see him back. Like you said, safe. So I, I will also give it a B.
1: Depending on, you know, obviously the running back that they add, if we're looking at the draft, there's a lot of different options there. A lot of different, I, I guess. What's the, what's the, what's the word that I'm looking for? A lot of different types Varieties, of running backs. Yeah, yeah. sure. A lot of, there's a lot of variety as far as the type of back you want to go, but I have to assume here that if the Bucks are going to add another running back at this point, it's probably going to be a guy to maybe relieve Leonard Fournette a little bit, take some carries because you know, we talk about running the ball more. I don't think Gio Bernard is going to get an opportunity to do that. Maybe having on there in more passing downs could be interesting throughout the 17 game season, which we just talked about. But, you know, if they are going to add another guy, I just like I said, I, I want to assume that it's going to be someone that's probably going to be split and carries. I don't know quite as much as they had tried to do with Ronald Jones in the past, because I think when you pay Leonard Fournette the way that you do you know, you're paying that guy to run the ball because that's what he does well. And yeah, he can catch mm. the ball, but that's why you have an insurance policy in Gio Bernard just in case he can't. So I, I can't imagine that there's a running back who's going to take away that many carries from Leonard Fournette, but like that, that's kind of my thought process there as far as adding mm. another running back to that room. And, uh, our buddy in the live chat, dark angel says, is the class of running backs good this year? Because you had alluded to the bucks possibly looking early in the draft, but, if they look later in the draft at a running back, are there any guys that could catch their eye? Is it a good class this year or, or no?
0: Well, you know, I, I don't. So the thing about this class, there's not much. And I would say for the overall class itself, um, I don't know how much elite, you know, high end talent there is, but it's very deep. Um, so I don't believe there's a first round worthy running back but I also like I can name you five or six guys right now that I would be perfectly fine. If I'm a GM with taking on day two or early day three, um, you know, guys like James Cook, who obviously, you know, people know very well, brother Dalvin Cook, uh, Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Damian Pierce, uh, Brian Robinson. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of, of good guys. And then you got Zamir White, the other back from Georgia, Max Borgie, a lot of people like him, Rashad White. Uh, there, there's a lot of options there. Rashad White would be one of my favorites, I think, early on, on day three maybe late on day, on day two, if you had to, um, he, he would be one of my favorites, uh, just, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I do think that eventually, you know, there's a spot where a running back may make sense. Um, like I said, the Bucks have not been kind to me when it comes to running backs, because they never seem to take the running backs that I want them to. Uh, so we'll see what happens. um, This year's guy that I really don't want them to take is Isaiah Spiller, and it's apparently the guy who they've shown heavy interest in. So I'm like, of course, Um, but uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I, I. I wouldn't. Yeah, I would be shocked if, if they took a running back in the first round. I'd be shocked if anybody took a running back in the first round. But I think you're going to see a lot of backs go on on day two. I think you're going to see a good amount go on day two. And then there's going to be some left over in, in that day three. Um, and you, you could maybe, you know, be able to, to get that. There, um, real quick before we move on to our last sort of frequency transaction, um, I want to uh, answer this question by Richard. Uh, I feel like this D line class is the biggest need, but not a good crop in this rookie class. Uh, would you be opposed to trading a first round pick for a pre and defensive tackle? I wouldn't, because the Bucks are in win now mode. However, just what we talked about, the cap can be manipulated, but you know. I, Don't know if you can afford that, like, you know, a premium defensive tackle who's not being paid a whole lot. Okay. Then he's probably a young player. So why would that team give up that player? Right. I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure um if, if that's very realistic um so we'll see i wouldn't be opposed to it i'd be surprised i'd be very surprised if it happened i'm not saying it's going to happen at all um but yeah i just i just don't think they have the, the money for a, a move like that but you are right to our like the defensive line right now right and obviously there's still a ton of phrases a ton of talent out there that they can sign for you know if the longer guys sit the lower their price goes right so you know um you know, they there's a ton of talent out there that they could sign, and all of a sudden, the defensive line's looking a little bit better. Um, the Dominican Sue's still out there, they want to re sign him. She's looking a little bit better, still not a finished product, but a little bit better. It, um, it's
1: been reported there is mutual interest. It, it seems yeah, like the Bucks I, and Sue want to get a deal I done.
0: Would be surprised if that doesn't happen, right? But, um, yeah, I think it's just, I, I think they're, I think the Bucks may be waiting to see how the draft shakes out. You know, um, you know, so we'll see. I, I agree that the defensive line uh, do, does need to, to, you know, be upgraded. Uh, Fletcher Cox is actually no longer available. He, he did sign with re-sign with the Eagles. Uh, that was the expectation. Once he was released, he was just going to re-sign with the Eagles. Um, yeah, I mean, Ben brings up a good point with Calais Campbell. He's another guy out there that could make a lot of sense. Um, doesn't have as much history with Todd Bowles as he do with Bruce Arians, but, you know, there still is a connection there. I know the Bucs have showed interest in him in the past, so a uh, guy like Campbell can make sense. We'll have to wait and see how the draft goes, though. But as far as trading the first-round pick for a, a, a defensive tackle or defensive line of any kind, I'd be very surprised.
1: Let's go ahead and get into this last bit of news before we start grading out the Bucs' moves in free agency. Our backup is back, man. The gift of Gabbert. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have re-signed backup quarterback Blaine Gabbert. So the QB room for 2022, as it looks right now, Tom Brady, Blaine Gabbert, Ryan Griffin, and Kyle Trask. uh, Willie
0: Beeman with the $10 Super Chat. Let's go, Willie. Clap it up for the boy.
1: Um, Thank you for donating to the Wendy's Fun Friend.
0: Hey guys, I love defensive tackle. Federian Mathis. He has a motor that doesn't stop. He clobs up the running lanes with 10 and a half sacks. Yeah, I'm not I'm still kind of iffy on, on his range, um, in terms of where he'll get drafted. I think day two is probably a sweet spot. I'd be surprised if he went um if he went um did day, day one. So um yeah, I mean he, he could be an option. I don't know what the Bucks think of him, but you know, he could be an option for sure. Uh, Joel Enriquez in the chat. Uh, I believe Joel, he uh, yeah. he he was the winner of our giveaway. And he uh, at us on Twitter. It's a great hey, shirt. I we, hope you're enjoying it.
1: We had to call we had to call him out on the last podcast, but we were able to finally get in touch with him. Enjoy your shirt, man. There should be more giveaways like that. But yeah, Joel is the Twitter winner. I said that weird. He was the winner over on Twitter of our Smack Apparel giveaway. He got the God Bless Giselle shirt, and hopefully we'll be teaming up with those guys throughout the rest of the season and doing a lot more giveaways for you guys. But let's talk about Blaine Gabbert, man. So this is a very decisive topic. And I mean, listen, I get it. I, I, I I don't,
0: I don't, I, I, well, at least one of us gets it. I I get it. Like
1: I get it to a degree, but the part that baffles me is, I don't know why people are so shocked that, that Blaine Gabbert is back in Tampa Bay for uh, what's going to be his fourth season as a backup. Right. He got here in 2019. Yes. So, so Blaine Gabbert's back. It's a familiar system. And I know that a lot of people are upset that Kyle Trask might not be your QB two, but he wasn't going to be your QB one if Tom Brady didn't come back. So I don't, you know, I mean, I I feel like Kyle Trask is going to have even more of a fair shot this year to win the QB two job in camp. And if he can't do that against Blaine Gabbert, it's kind of nothing to be ashamed of but I don't know why we're so shocked that Blaine Gabbert is back in the red and pewter for his, his fourth season.
0: No, I, I, yeah, I, I I don't know. It's people have signaled like, Oh, well, Gabbert's a quarterback too. Who said that you you got a whole training camp of preseason,
1: right? Like that's something else that a lot of people haven't remembered is that Kyle Trask is going to have a shot to earn his job as Tom Brady's backup. Like QB two Trask. I'm here for it. I'd like to see it happen. That's your second round pick. But, like, I'm not upset saying that Kyle Trask is a wasted pick or a waste of money just yet because Tom Brady came back. Like, that that's thats the context that everybody seems to be forgetting every now and again when we talk about quarterbacks on this team. Like, you've got Tom effing Brady on your team.
0: Yeah, and uh, Joel in the chat says, if Trask can't beat out RG4 or Gabbard, they shouldn't get a spot. Well, technically, he's already beat out Ryan Griffin. Uh, Griffin was a guy who is going to be on the practice squad. That's just for another camp arm guy who knows the system. Um, they'll, they'll probably end up get uh, adding a undrafted free agent
1: too. you know, somewhere just to have, you know, a lot of arms in camp. Um, you gotta, you gotta you put know. some respect on Ryan Griffin's name. That's the longest tenured quarterback in I Buccaneers know. history.
0: I know it's, that is going to be in, tw- in, in, 10 15 years right if there's no like if there's if the bucks don't find like a Frank, like a 23 year old franchise quarterback and like they're still like going like three four years of quarterbacks that is going to be one heck of a trivia question oh um, my like, that is going to be that is going to stump so many people they're going to be like oh uh Jameis winston josh freeman no no it's ryan griffin who never started a single game for them could put him in the it's- ring of honor for that I know. I know he's a record holder. It's been it's he's been a, so
1: hard for quarterbacks to keep jobs in Tampa Bay. And listen, he's I never know. been our starter, but this dude's been around for almost a decade. I know. He's he's he I I hope he does make it to 10
0: years. I hope he does. Um yeah, so I, I just yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why it's so shocking. I thought this was the expectation. <laughs> like I, I yeah, I kind of thought we I, all I, assumed I, this was gonna happen. Yeah. I, I I don't I don't know I think maybe when it, what threw people off guard was the Ryan Griffin resigning, I think they were like oh okay well Trask is the quarterback two and then Griffin's three and then once Gabbard came back they're like wait what you know I think that kind of threw some people off, um, you know I see in the chat you know Gabbard was a waste of money could have put that somewhere else it's a million dollars
1: yeah <laughs> so I, I mean it's it... a vet, it's a
0: veteran minimum like. You know, it, it's not that's not as big of a deal as, as you think. So I you know, it's a backup quarterback. If you see Blaine Gabbard on the football field this year and the, the score is close, things have gone horribly wrong. So that means that you know that Tom Brady is hurt or he is just sucks. So, you know, if if Blaine Gabbard is on the football field in a in a meaningful spot, right? If Blaine Gabbard, Kyle Trask, any of them if any of them besides tom brady is on the field during the regular season you know it, it doesn't seem to matter right and maybe you know edward edwin brings up a good point he said i would like to see trash with the starters this preseason we don't know how much tom brady is going to play in the preseason we have no idea is he going to play one game is he going to play any we, we don't know i don't think he i don't think he needs to play any but he might want to you know if he if he doesn't does Trask maybe get a series or two with the starters. Who knows? I I just don't think the Bucs are going to be going into this with oh, yep, Gabbard is the um, you know, Gabbard, Gabbard's the quarterback two and Trask is three. That's not that's not the thing. Um signing Gabbard was a huge waste of cap. He says Tom Brady gets hurt, doesn't matter if he's Gabbard only loses. Yep, Trask is an unknown and one million can go a long way. Not as long of a way as you seem to think. Um it's not a huge waste of cap. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think the, the stigma around Blaine Gabbert is very, very strange. I don't know why it's a backup quarterback. Like who cares? Like the, the, the why is, is signing Blaine Gabbert mean that they're not going to sign Tyron Matthew? Like, no, the, the things aren't <laughs> correlated.
1: Like, so they're, they're not, they're if, not connected le- before we throw a letter grade on this. I Do to even need to? It, <laughs> yeah, B. You know, say it's as sure, safe as B. it gets. It's a the B. backup quarterback. There you go, B for Blaine. Um, if Blaine Gabbert doesn't play in Tampa Bay, are there any better backup quarterback options floating around the league right now? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Kit, I, I, I mean, I there, there, there's
0: better, there's better backup quarterbacks, but one million. That one, okay. The, 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 there's better backup quarterbacks, but, but not for a million dollars. One also not for the, knowing the system, you know? Um, yeah. So, I mean, okay. Labello, you say that 1 million can go to draft picks what the draft picks are getting paid anyway. Like, what do you, what do you mean? You don't need to, you don't, you need to have a certain amount of money to sign your draft picks, but the draft picks get signed. It's not like there's much negotiations with draft picks. Don't worry about the draft picks being signed. If that's what you're worried about, don't. um yeah. I mean, for somebody who knows the system and who they feel comfortable with, you're probably not going to find somebody for a million dollars. Right. I mean, I forget what Teddy Bridgewater guy, I think he got six or 7 million. Um, that's a high end backup. Right. But that's also a team that had some quarterback questions and had a question and had a quarterback in Tua with some durability issues. Um, so, you know, I, I do think that in the book situation, Sure, there could have been better options, but you're going to pay more. And based on how people are reacting to a million dollars for Blaine Gabbert, I'm not sure how they would have liked four to five million dollars for a Jacoby
1: Brissett or something.
0: Not, Not sure how they would have liked that, considering how they're reacting to this. Yeah.
1: Well, let's go ahead and get to the meat and potatoes of this podcast as we start to wrap things up. It is our letter grade, so we are going to go through every single move the Buccaneers have made in free agency up until this point. We'll keep it short and sweet. But I want to put a letter grade on just about everything that they have done as we grade out this free agency. So we mentioned at the top of the show, Tom Brady coming back out of retirement. That's an A++. I don't think it can be anything else. It's not just an A+, it's an A++ because it saved the Bucs from a season of mediocrity. And uh, for that, we are thankful. So Tom Brady, we thank you so much for coming back. The move the Bucks made just a couple hours after the Goat announced his return, they have re-signed center Ryan Jensen to a 3-year deal worth $39 million. You get your center back and it's not just your center, it's Brady's center. These guys have a relationship, but Ryan Jensen has really carved out a path as a top 5 safety in the NFL these past couple of seasons. That's center. an A. It's an A. Did you say 7?
0: No, you, you you said safety. I, Did I really? said center. <laughs>
1: Uh, oh man that would i i would pay to see that though yeah that'd be be something
0: (laughs) you want to talk about a a strong safety that's a real that's a definition of strong safety
1: oh man i'll give i'll give it an a bringing back your center ryan jensen i'm a big fan of ryan jensen glad to see big red back in tampa bay and uh it's a great move for this offensive line especially after the departure of alex kappa ali marpet ryan jensen being back it's an a
0: yeah, I'll agree with both of those. A, a plus, 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 <laughs> plus, whatever for Brady. And even a technically, you, you know, that wasn't a Bucks move, but like whatever. Right, yeah. Um, you know, and then a Jensen, yeah, I'll, I'll give it an, an A. Sure.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. So the next move after that, as far as acquiring players, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Carlton Davis reached agreement on a three year, $45 million deal. I'll give this one an A. Uh, it was probably close to the top of the priority list as far as you know, guys that you need to re-sign. I think Carlton Davis was included in the big three, um, and that's your number one corner. You know, Number one corners in the NFL, they're, they're a dime a dozen. They're hard to find. It's not like the Bucs were going to go into the draft at 27 and find a new number one corner. I don't know any guys on this team currently who people would feel confident enough 17 games out of the year to call their number one corner. Uh, corner, excuse me. I think Carlton. Did- yeah, I know. Words are hard, man. I got marbles in my mouth. Um, yeah, I'll give this an A. It's it's glad. I'm glad to see Carlton back. It's a safe move. It's a good move for the Buccaneers. You bring him back for three years. Uh, I mean, what 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 do you want from me, Evan?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I might have to go ask the Carlton. <sighs> Oh man! Um, what do
1: you think uh, of Carlson being back?
0: I, I'll give it an A <laughs> minus, um, just because I wish it was a, a year or two longer, just wanted more long term security. But like you said, you, you can't you can't lose your number one corner, so that was a priority. And um, you know, I I, I would I'll give it an A minus. I think it's it's a good deal. Like I talked about on the podcast a few weeks ago, I think it's a good deal for for both sides.
1: Yeah. All right, here's another one that's uh, probably going to be an A, but former Falcons receiver Russell Gage signs a three-year deal with Tampa Bay. I'll give this one an A-. Um, eh, minus. Sorry, I got the dogs barking and everything. I know y'all can hear them. I'll give this one an A, and then I'm going to toss it over to Evan. I I like this move a lot. Um, There's a lot of moves that are going to be an A, and, and I know I sound like the biggest homer on the planet right now, but... I think Russell Gage is your wide receiver three is one of the best options they could have had considering you hang on to Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, of course, still getting paid to be your wide receiver one, like the shape that they have kept this wide receiver room in. I know the lack of depth got exposed and and we'll address that here in a minute, but I think Russell Gage being your guy for the next three years, at least is a pretty awesome deal because he is a stud.
0: Yeah, I'll give it a B plus. Um, mostly because it's a one it's a little bit more than I would have spent probably on on a on a receiver I would have just maybe gone a little cheaper and then spent a draft pick um, on, on a receiver and two just those types of players um that are in that mold of you know like yeah hey, they're, they're special teamers and then they they come out of nowhere and they become good receivers and like yeah I think gauge will be good but like it always gives me certain pause I'm like, OK, is he just good in a Falcons uniform? Is that system perfect for him? And when he goes somewhere else, is he going to be able to translate that? Um, so and for 10 million dollars, you better hope he does, because if he doesn't, then that is a terrible signing. So I think it's a good signing. I don't think it's great. So I, I, I'll, I'll give it a B plus.
1: Well, uh, as far as my record shows, the Buccaneers are working on principal's on a roll because this is a move. This is probably one of my favorite moves that they have made. Uh, the Patriots traded longtime starting guard Shaq Mason to Tampa Bay. It was a fifth round pick, folks. It's a favorable contract. I, I know you might be shocked, but I'm going to give this one an A plus solely because of the price that they got him. Uh, if it wasn't a fifth-round pick, then then maybe it's like an A-minus or just a regular A. But I think they did the best they possibly could at addressing the guard position after losing Ali Marpet, after losing Alex Kappa. Shaq Mason, he's a solid talent, right? I mean, he is one of the better guards in the NFL, and the fact that they fleece New England the way that they did to get this guy in the red and pewter, that, that's an A-plus in my book, especially because the trenches are obviously the most important place on the field, too.
0: I'll go A. Um, I'll go an A for this one. The only thing that gives me pause is, like, I know a lot of people say, oh, Bill Belichick without Tom Brady, like, he hasn't won much. You always have pause when dealing with the Patriots um, because the Patriots don't want that player. Why? Why don't they want that player? Um, So that gives me some pause, but, yeah, for a fifth-round pick, it's worth the risk, you know? Um, so, I mean, I think he's one of the the better right guards, possibly the, one of the best right guards in the NFL. So, um, But then also, you know, why was he only dealt for a fifth-round pick then, you know? Um, yeah, so I, I do think it's a really, really good deal. It filled a big hole, and uh, yeah, I'll give it an A.
1: We go back to the wide receiver room as the Buccaneers re-signed wide receiver Brashad Perryman on a one-year deal. It's a B. It's a safe yeah, thing. Safe. You, you know, we, we talked geo. about yeah. the lack of depth and this is how you address it. When you're talking about Rashad Perryman, who has had to carry the load on this football team before when this guy is like your wide receiver five, you, you know, that that's a very favorable position to have him in. Uh, of course, throughout camp, it'll be interesting to see if he can develop. I mean, you kind of know what you have with him. Um, but he did have some great moments. He had the overtime win against Buffalo last year, and uh, it's good to see him back, especially since he has had, Two tenors with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's good to see him back in the good uniforms because man, when he was balling out for us back in twenty nineteen in those ugly ass alarm clock uniforms, it was good to see him then and he stepped up when he needed to, but it's it's a B. You know, it's it's wide receiver depth and uh it's exactly what they needed to address this offseason.
0: Yep. Yeah, I not not much more to say
1: B. Yep, yeah, safe. Uh, Cam Brate, eh, we don't have to put a grade on that. that's not, yeah. Yeah, it's a restructure. All right, here we go. The big one. Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin, they reached agreement on a three-year, $60 million deal that included $40 million fully guaranteed at signing. That's a hell of a lot of money, but it's the price to pay to keep a guy like Chris Godwin in Tampa Bay. I'm going to give this one... I I wanted to go A-minus. But I'm I'm probably going to stick with an A. And I say this because of the wide receiver market right now. Uh, what guys are being paid? I mean, Christian Kirk, for a time, was the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Tyreek Hill getting ridiculous money in Miami. Stephon Diggs just signed a big deal with Buffalo. And the Bucks got Chris Godwin, who very well could have gotten paid just as much as those guys did. They got him for three years at $20 million. That is... Um, I mean, that's a great way to break the bank. You know, I I know paying a wide receiver to $20 million a year doesn't sound ideal. But when it's Chris Godwin and you keep him paired up with Mike Evans and you're guaranteed to have Chris Godwin and Russell Gage on your team for the next three years, I I like that move. So I'll give it an A.
0: Yeah, um, I'll I'll go with an A. Uh, I mean, and the guys you mentioned, besides Christian Kirk, you know, like. We're not saying those guys don't deserve it. You know, Tyreek Kill and, and Stefan Diggs definitely, you know, deserve and Devonte Adams. It's a good point by Richard. Um, you all really got paid and they've earned those, you know, and Christian Kirk was the only one where you're looking at like, Whoa, like good for you, man, getting your money. but That's, that's a lot of money. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it was really good um, to just get Chris Cowan locked up. You didn't want to plan on the franchise tag. And that part goes into my grade as well. A. Um, so yeah, it's, Yet again, a good deal for both sides. I wish it was longer than three years, but hey, you know, you have it for three more years. You'll worry about that down the line. In three years, this whole team will likely be completely different with how the NFL is now. So, um, yeah, for it, it's, it's an A, and it was a solid deal.
1: Former Giant safety, two-time Super Bowl champion with Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, Logan Ryan. We talked about his value deal earlier in the show, similar to the other safety they just signed. I'll give this a B+. Plus. Um, I give it a B plus. The pros are obviously the value that you find. Logan Ryan is a great player. He's a veteran player. He's He's been there before. He's familiar in his role. And it's insurance, I guess, is a way to look at it as well, because he's not going to be starting. But they're filling out that safety room, I think, the best way that they can as well. And, you know, I like this addition. It, it's not it's nothing that is overly exciting, but when you can get a proven veteran back there, it seems like it makes everything go a little bit easier. And I think Logan Ryan is the type of player to, to make things easier back there for uh, just about everybody. I mean, he's a guy who knows his role.
0: Yeah. I'm going to agree with you. B B plus, you know, his versatility, um, his leadership. A lot of people talk about, you know, the, the, the leadership that he brings uh, to a team and uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a B plus and, and, also, for the money that they gave him, you know, for the very low risk, uh, high reward thing, and his, his ability to play both corner and safety, which they need, you know, both like they could use some depth at slot corner, they could use some depth at safety. So, um, I think he holds tremendous value there as well as the leadership. So, to get him at the price you did, um, partly because of how his contract was structured with the Giants, that's why you were able to get him how you did. Um, uh, but you know, to to get him at that price was was very good. So I'll go B plus.
1: Playoff Lenny running back back in Tampa Bay for three more seasons. He earned his money. I think he's the first running back the Bucks have paid in a mighty long time. Can you think of the Doug last probably one?
0: Doug probably Doug Martin?
1: Yeah, Doug Martin. But Leonard Fournette, Playoff Lenny, Super Bowl Lenny, whatever you want to call him, he has staked his claim as one of the better running backs we have had in recent seasons. He goes out. He earns his money. I will give this move an A minus. I I like Lenny back in Tampa Bay. He has definitely won me over because this time two years ago, I was really not that big of a Leonard Fournette fan. I I didn't like the addition of him in the running back room when they initially signed him. I I really kind of thought Ronald Jones was ready to be in a position to be that guy. And clearly Ronald Jones in Kansas City. Now we see how things have shaken out. But I like Lenny back. It's safe. He showed a lot of improvement at the running back position, played one of his best seasons, In 2021, he can be one of Tom Brady's favorite targets. I think the A-minus, you know, one of the things that I worry about is his consistency. Can he perform in all the phases that he did last year at the running back position, the same level of quality this season? You know, can he do it again? He earned his money. Can he go out there and and continue to show why the Buccaneers signed him? I think he can. I have some faith. But as far as re-signing a running back goes, I'll I'll give this an A-minus.
0: I originally was going to give it a B. Um, but I'll give it a B plus because it's it's three years, so it's not like a four or five year deal. Just I'm never I'm not a huge fan paying running backs, like anything. Like I, I really don't think you need to pay a running back more than like five million dollars. Like I just I just don't see the, the point in it. But for some there are exceptions, and I mean Fournette definitely earned it. I, I'm I'm scared of if he reverts back to his, you know, to what he has been in his career, you know, where he's been inconsistent with catching the football because then his value really goes down and he's not a $7 million player, right? That, and then he's more of a five, four, $3 million player. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm just a little nervous about that, you know, Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Just a little nervous in the back of my mind because the 2021 season, he was so good that like i'm not sure like can he replicate that i'm not sure he can so we'll see like i said he earned that contract like he earned the pay raise it was he got a significant pay raise for the last two years he's earned that he was much better in 2021 than, than 2020 um but you know i i still am do have my long-term concerns uh about him uh as, as a running back and i'm just not necessarily, even this isn't even really about him. It's just my philosophy on how I would build a football team. This isn't, doesn't involve paying a running back that much money. So I'll give it a B plus because I like him, just don't love him.
1: Defensive end, Will Golston back in Tampa Bay for his 10th season. I will give this a B minus. Um, I think he could have got younger at the position. I, I do really like that Will Golston has the opportunity to be a career guy for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He has had a second coming in this Todd Bowles defense, and hopefully he continues to improve. He's really good in run support. You'd like to see him get after the passer, but that's just not the type of player he is. So, I mean, it's a safe option. He's a guy who's probably going to be here his entire career. I think you could have gotten younger, maybe a little better at that position, but for the value that you got him, it is what it is. Good to see another guy, a long-time tenured buck back on the team. So, B-minus is my grade.
0: Yeah, I'll go B. It's another safe one for me. I always expect him to be back, so I'll go B. He's a solid player. You know what you're getting with him. You're not going to get anything more at this point in his career. You're not going to get anything less. So real quick before we wrap things up uh, completely, Dark Angel asked, did you guys give your season predictions? No, for two reasons. One, schedule isn't even out yet, so that that should be released. um, Typically, it's either two weeks before the draft or two weeks after the draft since you haven't heard a thing about it yet and it's april 7th i would guess that last year it was two weeks after the draft so i would guess this year again it'll be two weeks after the draft and also we typically do our big season prediction show it's like an hour and a half sometimes it goes to two hours we will do that either in july or august it'll be very close to the season that we will do that uh, we've been both been very good. Uh, I believe both of our predictions the last two years, both of ours have been around the money. We predicted eleven and five in twenty twenty, both of us, and thirteen and four in twenty twenty one. And even going back to twenty nineteen, for me, I predicted seven and nine. So I'm on a three year stretch of predicting the exact record. So stay tuned for that, uh, but that'll be coming later on as the season gets closer.
1: I think it's gonna be the toughest year we've had yet. I mean, when you look it's, at the... yeah, it,
0: it is going to be tough to yeah. predict. Yeah. I mean,
1: maybe, you know, the number of wins, but it, it felt like predicting games was a little bit easier last year. But yeah, it, it's a stack schedule. That'll be a fun show when we get to it. Let's wrap it up with the final transaction we have to grade. Former Bengals free agent, offensive lineman, Fred Johnson signed a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, it's a C plus, to be honest with you. If I have to give a C to anybody, it'll probably be Fred Johnson. Camp body. You know, it's a guy who's going to be fighting for a spot. He's not going to be starting on our football team. It's good depth to have. The Bengals aren't a great offensive line, so, you know, he has that stigma floating around him already. But for what he is, for what he's going to be used for and the amount of time he's probably going to play this season, best case scenario, C+. Yeah,
0: I was giving it a C plus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you hope you don't really see him that often. So um, they re-signed, you know, the, the, I'm not sure if he had this on the list, so I won't really mention it, but it was, was that the last name? Yes. Okay, so the, they they re signed Josh Wells as well. Oh, Whatever. yeah, we I am not even not even gonna give a grade on that. that, that yeah, that's it's, another C
1: plus. It's um, a C. Yeah. You
0: know, well, also they they re signed Aaron Stinney. We'll get, I'll give Aaron Stinney a, a B.
1: Why yeah, I, I like um, Stenny. I, I think he has earned <laughs> his spot on this team for sure. Man, you got to yeah. give him all the credit in the world for you know being one of our Super Bowl starters that playoff. Run. Yeah,
0: yeah. So overall, there it is. That that's your free and yeah. c grades.
1: So we earlier in the show if you were just now tuning in we did give some grades on the latest acquisitions the return of uh Giovanni Bernard we we put a grade on that one we put a grade on Keanu Neal and then of course the quarterback Blaine Gabbert so uh I I think that's the show right
0: Yeah yeah that yeah. that is the show No
1: no no take back today
0: No no take back no take back um not today. I, I thought about it. Ne- next episode, there will be a take bag. Yeah. Next episode, there's going to be a
1: take, hey, back. The take we bag. Take bag will be returning next episode. The the bag's here. I'm looking at it, but there's nothing in it right now. So. It is draft month, ladies and gentlemen. Over these next few weeks, we, of course, will be putting out a couple of podcasts regarding some offensive, some defensive prospects in the 2022 NFL draft. Maybe we'll have some special guests. I, I don't know i don't know hmm. we'll, we'll,
0: we'll, yeah we'll maybe, try and
1: maybe, maybe it'll be jim funny but not <laughs> we'll try and open up the rolodex and che, and see, see i'm we'll telling we'll...
0: you guys try mission to get Stephen shea on cfp yeah we'll say, it, it, the only reason what is the only reason
1: the only reason we need your help is because Stephen shea has reached a level of famousness to where you can't just message him on social media you have to like i guess he has to follow you and we're not cool enough to be followed by Steven Che over there on Twitter. So uh, we we kind of need you guys to do our dirty work for us. But that'd be a fun one. Definitely for sure. Blast. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. Firstly, thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast live over on YouTube today. Got close to 100 people watching, and that's pretty darn cool if you ask me. Subscribe to the channel if you have not already. Plenty of great Buccaneers content. Of course, the podcast as well, plus much more. Find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucs news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. And you can check out his written work at BucksNation.com. Are you cooking anything up this week?
0: Uh, I, I should have have something regarding the Bucks free agency and how that impacts the drafts, and I should have that within the next few days. So be on the lookout for that. Plus, uh, over at BucksNation.com, not just me, but all of our writers are, are doing uh draft profiles. Um, I've done two so far. I did Chad Muma, uh linebacker from, from Wyoming, and the local kid for me, Jahan Dotson, a wide receiver from Penn State. So that was really fun to do. So go ahead and check them out, as well as many other draft profiles are on there. We're not not done yet so go check that out
1: oh yeah last but not least you can find myself instagram and twitter at Redicus r-h-e-t-t-a-k-u-s if you follow me i will follow you back we'll talk to you guys in the next one we appreciate you hanging out with us today i'm your host rep matthew signing off for my co-host evan wanish we'll talk to you next time until then and as always go box.